listeners. We've got another great episode for you today. We had the pleasure and honour of sitting down with Ian Owen from PepsiCo a couple of weeks ago at one of our Masters of AI webinars. Manjit, it was a great session, I'm sure you'll agree. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. The conversation one we had to share with you guys. Ian Owen is a supply chain director at PepsiCo and sat down with our very own Will Dutton, who's a director of manufacturing here at Peak. They chatted through all things direct customer for CPGs. Some real insights for me were Ian's thoughts on where D2C fits into a brand's overall strategy and how the data is absolutely key to that success. I don't want to spill too many beans, so I'll pass it over to Will, who kicked off this discussion. What I thought I'd kick us off with, Ian, um, is... You know, we, it's almost prosaic now, but we talk about all the volatility going on within the supply chain, within, you know, pictures of, of bare shelves at supermarkets, everyone get excited. What do you think the industry, you know, is, the, is, is that what's like going on in the industry? Have we got all this volatility? Is there lots of excitement going on, driven by, obviously driven by COVID? Um, is that what, what people are experiencing and talking about generally? Um, I think so. Clearly, we had that in wave one. In, in the March time, and the sh- the shelves were bare. Um, but I think as we've just come through wave two, I think most CPG organisations have not seen the same extremities. Um, it's hard because if you look at it, it's a bit of a, a binary sort of way. With some products, it's been crazy demand. Other products have just gone to zero. Um, and I think that's been the real challenge um, is, you know, is, is factoring is one, are we going to search? When are we going to search? And again, a similar to what Thomas talking about and some of the, the earlier AI, it's also been regional. So actually, that's been one of the challenges as well. It's not just been, it is now in the United Kingdom, it's, uh, it, it's national, but it has been regional. That's been the other challenge of where are the spikes going to happen and, and, and not going to happen. So it, it has been, don't get me wrong, it's a lot more volatile than it normally is. You overlay that with the, the macro environment at the moment in the UK with you know Brexit and then for most organisations, Christmas period, uh, it starts becoming a, a quite a challenge. I, I wasn't going to mention Brexit or the American election or anything like that. But anyway, I'm glad you did. OK, uh, that's really interesting. And and I guess I guess, you know, in my in my intro, I talked about the motivation for you know e-commerce and D2C are potentially about learning more and more about the consumer. What's the feeling in CPG world at the moment about this move to e-commerce that we've certainly seen with some uh, some big CPGs? Is you know what is what's what's the what do you think the motivation of this move um, is essentially? I think I think it's in a way positive. If you look back at how it happened, I think a lot of CPGs are probably forced to a degree to do it yeah. because shops were just closed overnight. Yeah, and it was either business went to zero or you needed to find other avenues. So in a way, I think it was. A way of propelling it pretty quickly. I think it, it varies on you know which, which goods you're talking about to how they make that feasible. You know, with you know if, whether it's through a, a partner, you know, a supermarket, a retailer, um, and, and getting a basket, or whether it's a, a small individual item. But certainly, I think you, you, you've seen the growth. I mean, if you've tried to go and click and collect at some of the the famous sort of retailers, it's been extremely challenging. Um, now the capacity has grown across the broad, across the, uh, the spectrum at the moment. It has rapidly increased, and I think it's proven where it works and where it doesn't work. Um, and I don't, I think it will slow down a little bit once you know we, we we're over this COVID spike. But I think for a lot of people, it's accelerated um, the e-com world. 
um, and, and to put it, it's made data more apparent and more realistic because you need those trends in order um, to work. The other thing for you know a broad spectrum of CPGs, you're more in touch or more, more have a chance to be in touch with your customer directly. And therefore, you know, speed is another thing because normally things have been slow or potentially slow, albeit it's a fast moving consumer goods sort of platform. Potentially, you know, in, in the real world, it's, it could be a couple of weeks. Now products can move in hours, if not days. Look at Amazon and how quickly they can deliver stuff now. It can be, be there in an hour or so. So um, that's the other avenue as well is how quickly things can touch the consumer. That's that's really interesting. I mean, you know, typically, you know, problems in supply bulwark effect, you know, caused by volatility. Is this is this e-commerce and this essentially shortening of the consumer to to the good? Is that is that increased the bulwark effect? What's is that had any you know? Have you seen any effect on the supply side of of of, of this of this change in? Uh... Um, I, I don't think so. I don't. I think you know. It depends where, how you are doing that e-commerce, whether it's, I think you, Tom again was talking about direct to consumer or whether it's through you know, a third party retailer or, or somewhere else. If, if it's direct, clearly you get real good intelligence there and, and, and things can move. What, what you can do is be more, I suppose, playful with your, your infantry and what you can sell is what you have got. If it's through another organization to the, sh- the shelves are bare, you can't really dictate that. Yeah, it's, it's sort of somewhat out of your hands. Whereas if it's not on your website to a degree, there's something else. Not always the case, but predominantly you can always add on there. So I think the advantage is is you, you have more levers to play, would be my suggestion. The other time is you have real-time information to what people want. Yeah, You can see if you look, look at the data and look at the links and what people are clicking for, what they're searching for, you get more of a feel, again, to those macro trends and what people are after. And I think that's the other bit. It's not just about, say, a sale. It's also about the insights you can get about the consumer and how you can tailor your, tailor your offerings to those different types of consumer, which is a really uh, insightful fact. That's really interesting. And do you think, you know, talking about this, this shortening, this, 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 this growth in information, as it were, do you think, you know, as CPGs have got to change their systems, the way they view all that data being generated? Because obviously it's, it's an added capability that they need to do that. Um, have, have, have you seen that sort of chatter, as it were, amongst, amongst your peers? I've not seen it, but I think in the in the grand scheme of things, I think most people have just been trying to find the feet and get the things sorted, if I'm being frank. I think that will come. I think the data's there. You know, if you look at in discussions with other CPGs, it's which bits of information do you use first? You know, and I think that's where some of the AI comes in, so you can really get those insights, you know, and, and start, uh, again, from the uh, the diagram that Tom showed before, what one source information's it's okay, but you need multiple strands of information really to start piecing the picture together. Um, you know, like I said, you can have weather as one factor, but you can then do something with that, but then overlay that. Let's use the the the, uh, the COVID sort of example. Overlay that on the top, that can completely change the picture again. And you need to sort of layer these things up in order to get the insightful sort of facts and knowledge. I think if you look at it from a level of maturity, and I'm being very broad brush across all CPGs. I think most are in the infancy. I think that will come. Yeah, I think certainly that's where where the energy and where the uh, the value will come. But I think it's too early in the game at the moment to really you know, lead any further on that. And and I sort of mentioned it with Tom as well. I'm just interested. Have you seen any sort of organisational change? Not just you know we perhaps need new capabilities, but the way 
the way this you know organizations are structured to cope with that or is that are we too early on the journey for that to to, to sort of uh, rear its head at the moment do you think I think we're too early, but if you just look at e-com and again, go back to retailers, yeah, and I always focus my mind, a good litmus test to me is click and collect. One is how much they're increasing the capacity for, and then secondly, um, the availability of those click and collect slots or indeed um, deliveries to households. If you just use that as a litmus test, I think that's just shows you how much the, the, the growth is. You know, most CPGs will, yeah, a very broad brush, we'll be talking single, maybe double digit. But when you're getting triple digit growth in avenues, you know, it, it, it raises sort of people's interest and you start making those decisions. So again, I think there's a lot of discussion that people are trying to work out what they are. But absolutely, I think one thing for sure is e-com is growing. It's growing across all types of category. Um, and it's just another avenue uh, for a consumer to be able to get product. And I think that's the key point. You're not you're not trying to you know, change tact or go against one retail or another. It's not that at all. It's about again offering another choice to the consumer and a way to get a product. Yeah, that's 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 interesting because we've seen people like Heinz, like when you say like offer another thing, that they've been doing like bundles of of goods. Um, and I'm just wondering whether what CPGs will offer down this this route will there always be different different bundles compared to what you can get in a retailer. Uh, maybe it's the economics of it. I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think there will be economics. If you use the bean example, yeah. If you <clears throat> if you sold a tin of beans for fifty p and did free delivery, it's never going to be a long term sustainable business. So I think in a way they've got, they've got to have a bundle in order to get it to a size, um, in order to make it you know, make it viable. Let's be honest, it's a business. I think the other point is choice, and and if you go to a shop, typically you, you get the bundle that's there. I think the more you can tailor that bundle, the more you can offer and give people choice. A bit like you go to an online you know, retailer and you can put whatever you want in the basket. If that then compiles into what you bundle, it's a bit of a win-win, yeah? I think if you look again of where particular growth has come from, in just generically, you know, Costco, if you use that example, their growth is huge. And that's because people have been bulk buying. And I think that's the one of the advantages of CPG. It, you know, there's always been a question around, would people want to buy a bundle of beans using your example? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, they do. They, and they will do as long as they can get what they want. And again, that's that's one of the questions. Will that bulk buying continue? Uh, storage is always a factor if you're looking at a, you know, an apartment in London. Um, but if you've got room in a garage or something for other people, it's different. But it shows you this segmentation. It won't suit everybody, but it will certainly suit certain customers. And they're the ones that you need to. Again, it's just another arm to a business in order to give them some functionality and offering that they didn't have previously. You can never have too many beans if you've got a garage. Um, yeah, and I and I guess uh, I guess uh, another question off that, and we've touched on it, but I'm I'm interested. I you know I'm, I like the supply side. You know, if people are buying these things like these 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 bundles, is that going to cause any supply side issues? Do you think for CPGs? Do you think if their brand is front front and center, they're going to be a bit more transparent? I mean, personally, I like buying direct from uh, a manufacturer because I I can I can learn more about the product. Do you think things like that are going to come more into play, especially with you know issues around sustainability and 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 people being much more aware of where their food's coming from? I think it will complement rather than just take away you know business for you know increase sales direct to manufacturer. I think it's a complement. I think the other part, if I turn it on its head, is you'll get more direct and quicker quicker feedback. So you talk about sustainability, yeah, it's becoming more and more apparent you see real time with your own data what people are buying and what they're not and then the feedback you get accordingly. Um, I think that's the really useful point because you can hear what they like, what they don't like. 
Um, and again, and then it needs a bit of time, I suggest, um, to sort of build up patterns and trends to see what you know what is out there. And also overlay that, again, I come back to my macro environment point of view, overlay that with other changing trends. Hopefully, as you build a picture and get more and more mature in your information, you should be able to see what's coming down the line before it hits you. Um, quite often there's a lag just from the communication of how many people or how many different organizations a product gets goes through before it gets to them. It could be a corner shop from a wholesaler to a manufacturer. Yeah, it's, there's so many different layers. It's that real-time information. But again, it comes back to what you do with that information and, and don't just process it. Otherwise, you can knee-jerk. I think for us, it's a bit of a test and learn analogy. You need to understand, listen, and also see trends that potentially you then can offer to your other customers you know, help them insightfully and incrementally grow their business at the same time. I think that's just as important as you know, getting the sale. It's more about you can help provide insights to the retailers around what you're seeing is trending, what you see their appetite is, and then hopefully offer things accordingly so that it's a bit of a win-win for everybody. I mean, it, you know, it's this is music to my ears, obviously. So it, it feels to me, and maybe I'm, I don't want to superimpose these ideas, but it feels like d- data is the set, you know, the core aspect really of like the, the e-com. You can sort of learn more about where your demand's coming from, understand how you can better serve your customers by better segmentation, and then use those learnings. Is that, I mean, is, is that the broad theme? You know, it sounds like new product introduction as well is probably going to be be driven to some degree off that. Does Does, does that make sense? It does make sense. I, I always get, I have two, two, if I'm being honest, I have two views on data. I think every organization has a load of data. Yeah, the challenge is what you do with that data, and that's the important piece. And I think, yeah, I look at an organization like ourselves or other CPGs, you're flooded with data. You need a model, a system, and I'm, I'd also say a degree of qualified people to do it, to be able to do something with it and give you those insights. And then secondly, culturally and organizationally have have the appetite to go and do something with it again we have loads of data um, or a lot of organizations do but it's what you do with it and how you make changes to the business with that data that's the key point it feels like you know and, and i guess we're seeing a bit like this like data strategy uh, a, a, a digital capability or whatever is becoming more and more central to the way organizations compete um, and their and their day to day, which 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 I don't know is, to, you know, again, it, I guess it is new. But is, do you think that's new in sort of what's coming up, or and do you think CPGs are considering that, um, or is it just again on the horizon and it's it's slowly coming to the fore? I think it's slowly coming, but I think what people are getting wiser to, you know, a lot of organisations have a lot of people churning data, churning a lot of data. You know, and if people listen to this, you sort of have a reflection point and go. How much of the day do they churn the data and how much of the day do they do something with the data? And for me, the balance was wrong. It was too much churning and not enough dealing with it. And I think that's where the power of AI comes in, because if you get it right, you know, and it's an evolution, it'll never be perfect, but you can build upon it, add things in and take things away. You then get the people to be using the information to make the right decision, you know, and and tipping that scale. So you've got the balance of, getting those information and doing something with it. And I think that's the real PowerPoint. And I think organizations, not just CPGs, just broad organizations are starting to get smart. If you go back three or four years, it was a buzzword AI, you know, you had factory 4.0, but a lot of you know, my peers across different organizations and different companies were like, it's great. But when you actually drill down, what what are you, you know, what are you trying to do with it? And I think that's 
starting to become clearer now. And I think COVID has been, as I said before, an accelerant on that. And actually, it's been a real good test of let's just go, let's let's do it. And then from that, we're, we're growing, as I said before, the level of maturity on that information to say, okay, what do we do? And, and how do you bring, I think the other part is you have to bring the teams along with you. And I think when they actually are involved in it, you know, and realize that actually this is a lot more value. Instead of me spending seven hours a day on an Excel to get an insight, I now spend two minutes, you know, with an AI and get the, get the data I want and then do some really cool things and creative stuff for the, the other seven hours of the day. You get engagement, you get motivation, you get better decision making. And I think that's the bits for a real big appetite the CPG is at the moment is not just the insights, but, you know, what, what you're doing with them. Yeah, well, I mean, what you've talked about there, I, I mean, I get excited about it. I'm sure hopefully a lot of people listening to get excited about that as well. And it, it feels like there's got to, you know, as things change through the use of AI, there's there's more insights we can draw. It feels like job roles probably change a little bit as well, um, you know, hopefully for the better. Or, um, but what, you know, what excites you, I guess, about the future um, of use of AI? Where can you see it transforming CPGs where beyond where it is already? Um, or a particular area of interest, do you think, um, where it can really drive value? A couple of points. First and foremost is it tells me a problem before I've got it. That would be useful first and foremost, yeah. You know, quite often it hits you in the face and then you try and root cause and solve the problem afterwards. You want to know that this is coming and it's going to hit me. You know, I'll, I'll challenge back to you guys about, you know, it'd be great if you could have told me about COVID. But, um, <laughs> but um, on, you know, on a serious point, I think, I think that's the main driver of course correcting. Uh, A lot of CPGs talk about control towers and the information. The faster we can get that real-time information and see whether it's orders coming through to forecast, whether we've got delays at certain customers, bigger demands in certain regions. Again, I come back to that earlier comment I made about the more that information you can amalgamate and piece together, the better the decision-making can be. At the moment, it's quite often a lag because of, again, size of big organizations and the communication path that has to follow through. With our level of AI that we're getting now, we're seeing that information a lot quicker. And I think that's what will come more in in CPG as as we see the value of that piece. And also not only just to us, but to our customers and our consumers see the value of it. We'll just improve faster. And if we improve faster, we'll get slicker. We'll give the better offerings. And again, everybody wins from that. Well, I've just seen a really interesting question, actually. It is, are there any blockers or enablers you're seeing to using these technologies? Um, obviously, I've got an opinion on that, and I'm sure Tom has. But if we go to go to Ian first of what you're seeing in, in the industry, uh, I think it would be, uh, be really interesting. Yeah, um, I think one of the ones that springs to mind is around system integration, yeah. I think you've got to make sure that you do your due diligence with any AI organization and make sure that the the, the security levels and uh, the system integration is you know at par. It needs to be bang on, to be honest. You, you, these days, we're living with cyber security, etc. Making sure all of those sort of security measures are in place, I think, is one of the biggest challenges you, you have. And I think that's one of the things that everybody needs to watch out for is you know, making sure the rigor is put into that and you don't just pass over it. It needs to be, as I said, world-class really to, to get a level of confidence. Well, that was cool. Truly valuable insight from Ian and Will on the world of CPG, especially given all the challenges right now. 
I hope our listeners can take some of this back into their businesses and think about what it might mean for them. As always, we want you to be part of the discussion. So please drop us a message at PKHQ on all social platforms. Tell us your thoughts and get involved. Until next time, take it easy, everyone. Bye.